And then for someone like me to go, why is the past, like, why is God just gifting the pastor with that? Is actually incorrect. Good to see you, Pastor Paul. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for being with us. Um, it's an exciting space. It is. Reaching the Manchester young adults of our church. Okay. Uh, but hopefully it goes further afield than that. Yep. So why don't you tell us why does, in your opinion, why do you, Pastor Glenn, all of the senior team, why does our church have a young adult ministry? Oh, wow. Um, well, young adults have changed the world, right? Yeah. So definitely in modern society, um, there's a, a, a measure of um, cynicism, right? So if an adult, like a full grown adult, comes along with a message, whatever it might be, and they metaphorically stand on the street with a megaphone and be like, you know, this is my message. There's a degree of like, mm, who's this guy? Like, yeah. what does he really want? Ulterior right? motives. Yeah. If it's a child or like a, like a young person, then the same spirit of cynicism is like, who's the adult behind this? Yeah. Because they're not this doing that. This is a front for something. Yeah. Correct. Whereas a young adult, like they're adults, they've, you know, they're independent, free thinking mm. adults. So there's no one behind this. True. And also, they're kind of like young enough to to not have been corrupted by the world <laughs> yeah do you know Optimist what i mean is what yeah, we yeah. Call yeah yeah so so it's almost like hard to argue with young adults the disciples were young adults true and you know some of the like iconic images of the last 50 years you know tiananmen square young person like in front of a tank that's right. That, that's true. Th those like images yeah. are like multiplied around the world and throughout history. Um, so the reason why it's important to us is because because of that. Plus, our city, Greater Manchester, has a huge young adult population because of the universities, because I would say of the um, creative industries. Mm -hmm that attracts young adults because of the music scene and because of football yeah sports culture is huge exactly so like if we're going to reach a city then we're going to know who our city is yeah. and actually i don't know if you know this you should know this i do know that the average if age of our church is 27 and a half that's true which is smack bang in the middle of what how we define a young adult. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Not only that, we are the biggest student city in Europe. Oh, that Europe. I didn't know. A hundred thousand students dawn Manchester every September. Wow. So we're here to talk about uh, the Bible. Okay. Which seems quite you that's know, good. Good thing to do as Christians. Yeah, absolutely. But how we read the Bible, how we engage with it, how we apply it, how we make it work. Yeah. Because you know, there's a lot of narrative that like the Bible's archaic. It's old. It's a book written two thousand years ago. But at the same time, we kind of have this belief that it, it has power, mm -hmm. that it's living. Might even go as far to say that it's the living word of God, whom potentially is Jesus Christ as well. How cool is that? <laughs> so, i got a question for you, because you're go going to ask me a question, right? Yes. So to set this up, when was the last time you read it? The Bible. Uh -huh. uh, two minutes ago, when we were reading about uh, Eucalyptus, that's what his name. What's his no. name? Paul and e Euphrates. No, that's no. another. <laughs> Come on, bro. Paul and... U Uticus? Yes. Uticus. Paul it. and Uticus. Yeah. Which is uh, 
are some people in yeah. the Bible. Acts chapter 20. Yeah, let me, t- let me tell them a story. Okay, so, go So, essentially, you've got this young adult, right? He's in church, but he's falling asleep, which could be you. Um, but he's not just falling asleep because he's, you know, can't be bothered, he's lazy, had a night out. It's because the preacher, ironically named Paul, <laughs> um, has been going on and on and on. And if you're a part of our church or audacious church, you know this feeling of Pastor Paul's going on and on and on. Anyway. <laughs> so Eutychus falls asleep, precariously sat by a window, falls out the window, don't know how many floors up he is, hits the ground and dies. But it doesn't end there. Um, Paul continues the sermon, then he's like, oh, he's not dead, it's all right. Goes down, lays on him, gets up, goes back upstairs, does whatever he's doing, has communion, has a meal. He says, right, lads, I'm off. See you later. And he never no, once says, you know, he's going to be all right. But the, the story does end. I think it's in verse 12. I think we're finished off somewhere there of Acts 20, uh, where it says that, you know, he is alive and well. There you go. There you go. So two minutes ago was the last time I read my Bible, but okay. you're asking the last time I convened with the Lord. Yes, I am. This morning. This morning. This morning. So you have a, a daily habit of reading the Bible. I do, yes. Oh, good. Switch it up sometimes. It's um, Lectio 365. I find that's really good. It's good. What minutes. is that? Give, give us some context. So it's it's an app Okay. Um, by Pete Gregg. Um, he runs this you know, amazing prayer ministry. You might have heard of him. And he has this app that you know walks you through um an acronym called pray uh p-r-a-y pray is pause r is rejoice a is ask and y is yield so you kind of work through those four letters and it's about 10 to 12 minutes long you can do as you're driving sitting down i'm not good at doing what i'm driving because i just focus on other things so i have to be sat down for my devotionals Either that or a preach series or you know, different kind of things like that. But yeah, something always around scripture. There you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. So the first question is, what are some practical methods or tools that young adults can use to better understand and interpret scripture? So one thing that I get asked a lot is, oh, um, in this, you know, book of Genesis, is what I'm thinking right now, there's the story of um, Joseph and then inserted somewhere in there is this random story about um forgetting now i think it's Annan or something like that so how are we meant to read and interpret the bible do we approach it as one big narrative is it you know do we watch other preachers blue letter commentaries and other stuff like that out there well okay so i would say the first ingredient before even asking that question is to cultivate the habit okay right so if like, well, I don't really know how to, or, you know, how do I know I'm doing it right, would be a reason why people don't even start. And I'm saying, okay, don't worry about that yet. Okay. Or, or don't worry about that first. You don't have to do this in a linear fashion, but like just commit mm-hmm. to cultivating the habit. I'm going to read the Bible like regularly. So there are many different things that you can do for that there's apps and different things that sort of like carve up the bible and give you a chunk like a bite-sized chunk i personally for the last five years have done the bible in a year Mm -hmm. so you know a chapter of the old a chapter of the new and a proverb or a psalm or something like that every day or whatever it might be so i know that i'm i'm 
trying to become automated in my like this is not this is something I do I am yeah. a person that reads the word great like that is a foundational thing to do first then I think there's I mean especially today in Ooh. 2023 there's so much resource out there to 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 do a few things firstly just to keep it fresh yeah right so you're not just like you know it's just a habit like cleaning your teeth True. or like i've got to like tidy my room or i've got to <laughs> like wash the car like it's not a habit like that you've also got to keep it fresh and so that these these resources can help do that and they can also um draw on the like centuries of of exploration yeah. that has happened into scripture by generations of church history and and you know full family trees of of disciples just mm. loving god um so kind of like a a bit of an elementary one like a bit of a 101 sure thing to say would be that when you read a, a Bible verse, even though, and this may sound like a bit of a contrast, so feel free to... Rebuttal. Yes. Rebuttal. Um, don't just take it in isolation. So mm -hmm. I did say that it carves it up into chunks. Yeah. So this is where this is a bit of a challenge because if you read a chapter of, you know, whatever, especially, no, not especially, but I'm... My, my mind is drawn to like the epistles, right? Sure. The letters in the New Testament after the Gospels and yeah. Acts, you've then got all this these letters and you can take a chapter or a verse and then like build a theology on that True. without going, well, what's the verse before yeah. say? And what's the context of this verse? Who's the writer? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Too. Yes, exactly. So I'll give you a classic example, right? This is Please good. Do. Let's I'm, go. I'm preaching on on Sunday. I'm gonna if I manage to not preach on and on till everyone <laughs> falls asleep, I'm gonna talk about like what would you say, like give me some of the most famous Bible verses that people know. Oh, um Daniel in the Lion's Den? No, but like actual scripture verses. Oh scripture. So John three 36 John so, 3 16, 16 sorry. right obviously you don't know it <laughs> right John 3 16 says yeah. for God so loved the world he gave his only gave begotten, his only, son, only begotten son right so, should not perish <laughs> whoever does not should not hey come on whoever should believe shall not perish but have eternal life yeah okay so give me an Bible. example I'll give you so that was yours I yeah. gave it to you mine John 10 verse 10 Jesus said I came that you might have life and life to the full hit me with another one another one um Let's go Psalms 119. Uh, sorry, so, so Psalms 111, yeah. verse 2. How does a young man stay pure? By hiding the word of God in his heart. Okay, just think like you go to like most Christians. Is there a verse that you think everybody knows that verse? Probably John 3.16. John 3.16. I would say up or there Genesis. with John 3.16, like the two classics, John 3.16, Jeremiah 29.11. True, that's not Okay, classic. so... For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Mm -hmm. Plans to give you a hope and a future, you know, not to give you harm. That's what we yeah. call the PRV, the Paul Reed version. Cool. But you, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody, majority of people, clearly not you, but most people know that verse, right? But 
verse 4 to 10 yeah. of Jeremiah 29 gives you so much context for verse 29. Yeah, true. I mean, at verse 11. Yeah. Right? So 29 says, But I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So it's even starting with, there must be something, something before yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's You true. don't just start with, but this. Yeah. It's like, blah, blah, blah. So therefore this. So what's... Mm. What's the before that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And verse, so Jeremiah is a prophet. God is speaking to the children of Israel through the prophet and famously saying, don't worry, guys, I've got a plan for you. Yeah. But verse 4 to 10 says, so they're in, they're exiled. And um, which means they're slaves. They're like, they're not in the hometown. They've been taken to a foreign mm. place. And verse 4 to 10 says, hey, you're going to be here for 70 years. Dang. So get married, have children, plant vines, like buy houses. Mm. In other words, suck it up. Yeah. Because I know the plans I have for you. Right. So everybody reads 11 and goes like, oh, thank God you got a plan for me. But you, and we've got loads of 29, 11 Christians. Sure. Loads of them. We need some 4 it's to 10. very Instagrammable in this day. Yeah, exactly. We need some 29, 4 to 10 Christians yeah. who go, all right. Got to suck it up. I know you have a plan for me, but at the moment where I am right now, this, this is where I honor God. Yeah. Not waiting for 11. Great. I'm doing it now. Come on. This is good. So my point was, don't take a verse out of context. Out of context, or like give give it some context either side. Yeah. So when you know that it was written to people in exile and that it was preceded by this is this is the next seventy years, guys. Good, so I have good. a plan, but that plan involves seventy years of it not being exactly how you want it. Great. That kind of touches on what we're going to talk about a little bit later on application. Okay. The we're talking about. How do we get to interpreting scripture okay. like that? But I also want to add in there as well. You said about um, creating, making sure it's a daily routine. So get into the practice before you even start worrying about, I need to look at this and this. So how do we practically, because we want to get practical for these guys. How do we start that routine of like just reading daily? And then what are some tools that we can get to make sure that we're reading scripture in context and understanding the, I guess the meta narrative of the Bible and the book that was written to the people that was written. Okay, so let me answer the second question first. Go for it. Question number two to contestant number one. <laughs> um, so that's one um, tool, mm -hmm. as in find the context. Who wrote it? Yeah. To whom? Um, what, did, what was the original audience? Um, you know, all of that. Like what are the verses before and afterwards or yeah. the story before or where's the, as you said, meta narrative, the overarching storyline. Another really easy thing to do, especially in like modern sort of today, is um, we have m access, free access to multiple translations of scripture. Yeah. So good. just to remind everybody, the Bible wasn't written in English. Yeah. Right. It was written in Hebrew and Greek. So the English Bible that we read is an interpretation of the original language yeah. of which there are many. Yeah. So sometimes what you can do is to switch up the interpretation, the translation that you're using. Mm. So my like staple like translation is NIV. That's what I grew up reading. Yeah. That's what, you know, my parents bought me 
an NIV Bible on my 13th birthday, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the inside cover. You know, like that's what we read as a family, all of that. That's what I preached from my first sermon. That's what I generally do my devotions Mm. from. But now you can read the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, in the NIV, and you can go, oh, how is it like translated or how is it worded in the New Living Translation? Yeah. So you go and you have a look at it. And it might be one or two words that are different. It might be, you know, a different way of expressing the same sure, that's good. truth. Um, and of course we have, you know, some what we call paraphrases of the Bible. So it's not as much a translation as it is like, okay, so I'll, I'll take the original I'm just going to like paraphrase it in contemporary English, the most famous being the message. Yeah, right? the, me- the message Bible written by Eugene Peterson, mm-hmm. who, you know, is or was an absolute genius. And actually, he did that firstly because as a pastor of a local church, he was like, how do I get people yeah. to understand or interpret, so how we're talking now, the Bible? Like, I know the language of the people and I know the language of the Bible how do I get the two together and so he just took on this endeavor to like I'm going to paraphrase the Bible it wasn't trying to make sure. any money or put it in print it was just for the church you know a little staple together yeah. sort of like photocopied like handout yeah um, if I can throw in a question just there okay to I know we're kind of drifting a little bit but that's alright most of our conversations go like this which I like um, do you think there's value, I guess, then in learning like some Hebrew or some Greek to kind of get like the full weight? Like I know being somebody who speaks another language, I understand that English sometimes is like sometimes a paraphrasing of other languages like Latin, Greek, da 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 But like it's not as poetic in, in like its individual words. The way you construct the sentences is poetic, but um, I'm from Zimbabwe. Are you picking up a fence on my face here? I, I can see it. I'm just not acknowledging it. The beautiful English language, bro. But, I, but I hear you. You hear me. But like languages like Hebrew and Greek, that one word has like a specific and powerful meaning. And to switch, switch it up for another word could mean something completely different. Yeah. So is there value in learning Greek and Hebrew? I'm going to say yes, but I suspect your next question would be, do you know any Greek and Hebrew? To it which wasn't. I would be like... <laughs> No. <laughs> so my my so yes is the answer, and my sort of like get out clause from that is that you, I have access to to that information and sure. regularly access it. So I think you mentioned before Blue Letter Bible, I think. Yeah, Blue Letter Commentaries. Yeah. So that is for those people that don't know, is like a website. You put in the the scripture reference. Mm-hmm. I think it's base is King James version. Yeah. It brings you the verse and each word broken down or each phrase next to a Hebrew or Greek word. You can then click on that and it tells you like multiple potential definitions of the same word. Mm. And I think you're right. You're talking about, you know, say a word means... Even like our English word, love. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's a great example. So the word, the English word love is one word, but in the Bible there's three, four words. Yeah for love like eros kind of like romantic mm. or, or even sexual 
love, right? Mm. Um, filial, that sort of like brotherly yeah. love. And then the other one, which is unconditional. Agape, agape which is like unconditional yeah. love. And, you know, David loved Jonathan, filial. Yeah. Jesus loves me, agape. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So these resources just like they help with that. Yeah. And, you know, I find myself going there when I don't either A, understand what I'm reading or B, I don't get anything. Sure. You know, you like sit down to a, a spiritual meal Come on. and you sit down <laughs> and you read something and you're just like, well, the heck was that about? True. You know, you're, you're somewhere in, I'm, I'm in Ezekiel at the moment and I'm like, oh, Jesus help me. Because I'm like, what does this even mean? mean yeah. Like, it's just like rhyme and rhythm. and it's Exactly. All so I'm like, what I'm talking about here is revelation. Yeah. Not the book, but the kingdom principle. Yeah. How, like, what is revelation to you? What does it mean? Revelation is the understanding or insight of something that was previously hidden for you. Is yeah, what I would say revelation exactly is. right. So revelation is when God shows you something that was previously hidden. Mm -hmm. Not from you because he's mean, but for you because he loves you like a treasure hunt. Yeah. Right. And so I used to think that revelation was like, you just were holy. Yeah. And therefore, when you read the Bible, you got something, but I'm just not, or I'm thick or yeah. whatever. Um, because I would hear pastors and people like that say like, oh, you know, God said to me, and I'm like, why is he saying that to you? He's saying nothing to yeah. me. Like they made it sound so conversational. You know, he said, turn right at the next lights. And I was like, why Lord? And he was like, trust me. And so I did. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you on about? Like God never says anything to me. Like like that yeah and i felt like what i now perceived to be revelation was just like not good like not that sure so jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a, a merchant looking for fine pearls, pearls yeah. um, and when he finds one he sells everything he has this is the prv to get it yeah so pearls this image of something that does not grow on trees or fall out the sky it's actually at the bottom of the ocean inside uh Clam. in a clam um so if you want a pearl if you're a merchant looking for fine pearls you're not like you know sat on top of a mountain mm. humming and it's going to come and if you're holy enough it will just materialize it's actually a merchant looking for fine pearls looks like a diver yeah with a knife in one hand and you know scuba gear, scuba gear oxygen tank and they go to the bottom of the ocean, fighting off sharks and, and scuffing the elbows on the coral and, yeah. and risking life and limb, find a clam, prize it open, nothing in that one, nothing in that one, nothing in that one, eventually find one that has had, you know, who knows how many years of irritation from a yeah. grain of sand that has formed a pearl. Get it in your hands, fight off the sharks, nearly running out of oxygen, I'm gonna die. You get up to the surface and you're like, oh, I got it. Yeah. And then for someone like me to go, why is the pat like why is God just gifting the pastor with that? Is actually incorrect. True. Because revelation is a treasure hunt, True. not a lottery. So all of these resources, there is some rhyme and reason to what I'm saying. All of these resources, whether it's looking in another translation or or you know, looking in what you described before as a commentary, where someone else has studied scripture and they they have like commentate mm. commentated on it by saying this is you know yeah. context and so on and so forth 
or just by going back to the, I'm just going to go back to the original language. What does love actually mean yeah. in this context? They are all, in my opinion, part of the revelation experience that is not passive. It's actually active. Great. I would be the equivalent. The, imagine the pastor is the guy that swam down and done all of that and got the thing and they dragged themselves into the boat, wet through, out of breath and go, look what I've got. I would be sat in the boat dry metaphorically going mm, it's all right for you he'd be like what what do you mean it's all right for me i just yeah. nearly kill myself to get this now i understand if i want revelation from scripture mm. then i gotta find it and the cynic would say well oh you're just twisting it to make it fit well you can cool call it that if you want i'm i'm just calling i'm gonna call it a treasure hunt yeah and i'm gonna find it and i guess to, to continue with that analogy that like with any skill or practice or whatever, the more often you go diving, the better you are. You know, okay, cool, around here, this is where the sharks are. So if I speed through this bit, I can get past it quicker. Or this is a patch where there's lots of oysters, so I can kind of like, it's good foot or ground or whatever. I don't know what the prime conditions for an oyster is. But whatever. Like <laughs> what, do get, what do we know? What do we know? But you, you get better at, at the practice and the principle of dry diving. Doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get an oyster um, to find um, a pearl but it means you are in the practice and the habit of doing it. Yeah, and also it's like you're more likely to find a pearl while you're down there than if you sat in the boat. True. Either whining or just thinking like, oh, I can't be bothered. True. So like, just get down there. How should we engage with difficult scripture or scripture that uh, people might say doesn't fit modern norms? So I guess it's the concept of like, is the Bible outdated? And the parts of it that are outdated that kind of we don't agree with how do we wrestle or engage with those? Oh, a few things. Uh, a, a, a good one that I think is accessible to everyone is just not alone. Mm -hmm. So don't engage with it alone. So you become a sort of echo chamber yeah. of your own thoughts and ideals. You know, if you're offended by something in scripture, then, you know, you need to find someone or someone's. Mm. Um, and, and also find someone's who aren't necessarily just gonna agree with you or say what yeah, you want to hear but also people who've perhaps got the um the level of relationship that affords them the right to say actually you just you're just being lazy or yeah. you just you just want to do what you want to do and you're just upset that the bible seems to contravene that True. in some way so i would say not in isolation i would also say that we need the Holy Spirit's help. True. I know that sounds ethereal, but we are, you know, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and one of His jobs is to illuminate. Yeah. Um, and point point us to Jesus, point us to to God. He is God. We know that, but like His role. Yeah. Because Jesus ascended into heaven and said, "I'm going to leave some someone, mm. a helper." And so the Holy Spirit's job is to help us. One of the first things that I learned to pray when I was like maturing in my faith was Holy Spirit helped me to understand the scripture. Like I'd read it once and I'm like, okay, I feel like I understand this maybe perhaps in my own understanding, but I'm like, okay, you wrote this for a purpose because yeah. we believe the word is yeah. divinely inspired by God through the Holy Spirit. Um, you wrote this for a purpose. So I'll, I'll read it again and say, Holy Spirit, help me to understand this, how you meant it but then also how you want me to understand it right now in this context. And just, again, that, that good practice of continually doing that. Yeah. You begin to pick up on his, like, 
nudges his inclination, his, his niggles. Yeah, I'll, I'll two two words. One is illuminate, mm-hmm. illumination. So you're saying to the Holy Spirit, illuminate to me, like what it is that th- is the truth here. Like yeah. what's the message? And the second one is ruminate. So mm. illuminate and ruminate. Come on. Illuminate. You you you're praying that before. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, illuminate to me. Ruminate is afterwards. Yeah. So you've read the scripture, you have the right there and then revelation, maybe, maybe not. But you then say, okay, I'm gonna ruminate on that. Sure, rumination yeah. is like what what cows do with grass. They chew it over, they swallow it, they regurgitate mm. it, they chew it over. Um, and that's where the other person or persons can also help in the process. So mm. I preached a few weeks ago. I was going to say, as you remember, but you might not. <laughs> <laughs> what do, let's find out. Um, about scars and this idea that in Revelation it says there is a lamb in heaven with the appearance of being slain. Great. And I drew the, I made the point when I preached that Jesus has scars mm. right now in heaven. I was making the point that, you know, we've all got emotional scars and we might feel embarrassed or ashamed of that, but Jesus has scars. Before I did that, I had to think about it for a long time because I wasn't quite sure if if I was right. Mm -hmm. It seemed right. Like the appearance of being slain, what does that mean? We know that a lamb is a picture of Jesus. It's not an actual sheep. But like there was a lamb in heaven because Revelation is like a a prophetic vision, right? Mm -hmm. So like the appearance of being slain so i asked some big hitters Come on. who some of you 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 wouldn't know some of them but i asked paul weaver who i know you know mm-hmm. i asked dave adams who i know you know i asked our senior pastor and i asked alan hewitt who is an aog minister from like i was gonna say a thousand years ago it's not <laughs> because he's still alive but like when i was 20 no when i was 18 and i i did my first sort of internship year he was leading a, a, a church at the time and he was just like a a popular kind of preacher or whatever. Yeah. And so you know how like when you imagine God's voice, you most people imagine Morgan Freeman. Sure. <laughs> the yeah. voice, yeah, yeah, yeah. the sound of yeah. his voice. For me, I imagine Alan Hewitt. <laughs> it's like this strange like mix of like Welsh because he lives in Wales, but I think he's from the Northeast originally. It's like this weird combo. Anyway, I asked him, and, and to see all those people, it probably mm. took, and it didn't take a year as in like, I was trying to do it for a year. Mm. I just kept going. Ruminating on it, Let yeah. me just, And then I, I, I was in Wales, I was in Newtown. I was like, I'm gonna go and ask Alan. And I was like, oh, can I just see for five minutes? I showed him and we thrashed it out, yeah. discussed it. And I was like, whoa, that's amazing. And probably two years later, I preached it with conviction. Mm-hmm. So my point is, I don't even know what my point is. I think rumination is my point. Sure. If, so I, if I can just draw out some yeah, like yeah, help practical me. stuff for, for the guys at home, I guess, is um, like finding people and like not necessarily reading scripture for a point, like, oh, I'm, I need to read scripture because I've got a Bible study to deliver in a couple of weeks or something for your student group or whatever. But like just having the habit and lifestyle of, of scripture and like sometimes almost like an intellectual exercise. Like we're not doing this to figure something out, but just enjoying the process doing with it and i guess in that it's like something practical you could do which i have done in the past is read a piece of scripture in the morning again pray for illumination and then then throughout your day just think about it you don't have to like mentally like okay i'm going to consciously just think about it then when you go back at night read it again 
something might have clicked. If not, try again in a month or something like that. Yeah, I think this is fuel to the fire or the argument. That's a mixed metaphor. But anyway, <laughs> to the, to the benefit of having scripture in front of you. Yeah. I know it's a bit twee or maybe considered a bit cheesy to have like Bible verses maybe on the wall or you know on a on a fridge no, mag on a fridge mag it's a bit old school isn't it yeah. like you know when i was in sunday school you know the prize if you behaved well was you got something out of the box and it was like a rubber or a pencil a or a bookmark but it had a bible verse yeah. on it because what it did was it just put scripture in front of you all yeah. the time yeah. and the reason why you know john 10 verse 10 although you didn't know it or jeremiah 29 11 is because it's been in front of you yeah like your whole life because mum and dad put it you know, on the inside of the in toilet the door. Yeah, exactly on right. the front of my bedroom So door. that is another way that you can ruminate on scripture is like, you know, that. Another way is like, not all, but many worship songs. True. Because a lot of our worship songs, I can only speak for like the songs we do in our church, but a lot of Based our worship songs, they're either straight off the page or, you know, or they're like, they're based, as you yeah. say, in scripture. You know, all things together for Wouldn't good yeah. is not a is not a good lyric. It is a good lyric, but it's actually a quote. Yeah. You know, so that's another way to ruminate. So get it everywhere. Get it on your your wallpaper of your phone. Yeah, that's right. You know, get it on your like in in, in my um, on my phone. I have a multiple different things, but one of the wallpapers that I rotate says says this is us, and then it's the fruits of the spirit like Great. the verse from the fruits of the spirit because i know that as a family this is what i want this is what i want our reputation to be that Great. we are love joy peace patience kindness like i want to know it and i want to see it and i want to own it so therefore i get it in front of me there's a two ruminating tips or three mm -hmm. from what you said like read it in the morning read it at night yeah sing it true like and then also um see it get yeah. it get it Use, use all as many senses. And I, I think you, when you're tapping into like, when I was younger, like in Sunday school, we recited Bible verses through the medium of song. And like something about a jingle or like a tune or something that like embeds itself in you like an earworm. So yeah, that's, that's a good practice. Any songwriters out there, create little jingles for, for Bible verses. That'll be great. Uh, so we've got a question here. How can the Bible provide guidance and direction for things like career choices, relationships, or even just life goals. How can we use scripture to help us get frame our thinking, help us get yeah. there? I don't yeah. know. Well, um, you could argue, right, that the Bible is not going to say verbatim which you need to go to. True. I, I haven't. I've read the Bible cover to cover many times, and I haven't seen Salford Uni in there, as in like the word <laughs> Salford Uni. So, if that's like your hope, then you may be disappointed. Um, so what we're talking about in that sense, in terms of guidance, um, well, two things. One, the Bible says of itself that it is a lamp unto my feet, mm. which proposes to me there is a next step nature to the guidance of Scripture. So like what is the next step mm. rather than like a 25-year vision for my life that I can laminate and yeah, put on the, blah, blah, blah. on the fridge? You know, it's more like, okay, what is the next step? Secondly, um, I think there are recurring 
both themes and also principles mm -hmm. that we can get from scripture that then we can apply to the big and small decisions of our life. So, you know, you reap what you sow is found in Galatians explicitly, mm -hmm. but also throughout scripture. Yeah. You know, um, and other and other principles about putting God first, you know, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you, Matthew 6, 33. Yeah. You know, is also saying in Galatians, you know, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Tricky. Uh, Sam says, Sam 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord. Is it Sam 37? I feel like you're going to correct me. No, no. Okay. Answers in the comments. Where is this verse? I think it's in Psalms. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Those three verses are all saying, like, you put God first, mm -hmm. like, then you will reap that in a harvest yeah. of transformation. Um, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, as I said before, my mum and dad wrote in my Bible on my 13th birthday cool. that I just threw over my shoulder, like, where's <laughs> the... I was going to say, where's the PlayStation? We didn't have PlayStations then. Whatever it was. Um, I think you guys just had, like, the stick, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, like the <laughs> stick and ball. Yeah. Um, but, you know... Ended um, into Tall Hall of Fame. Trust in the Lord your God and lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge, in all your ways acknowledge him mm. and he'll guide your paths or make them straight. Like... There's themes here that actually can be really helpful. I, when it comes to the will of God for my life, and I'm not talking about morality here, I, I'm, I'm saying this on the basic understanding that we're, we're, we're honoring God when it comes to morality and holiness. Yeah. But when it comes to like the will of God, I don't think it's as much of a tightrope as we think it is. True. So we need a verse that says, go to Salford Uni. Yeah. I think more of it like um, like Abraham and Lot, where Abraham yeah, says gonna, to Lot, I was going like, to mention that in a second. Where do you want to go? And Lot's like, whoa, where do you want to go? And Abraham's pretty much like, Doesn't go matter. where you want, because I'm going, where I go, God goes. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm putting him first. So rather than, and, and you know what, there have been times in my life when, when I've actually demanded a scripture to confirm a decision. Mm -hmm. You know, there was one time where we were offered a job leading a church and we, and we were on staff in this church. And I said to Zoe, my wife, and also Pastor Glynn, and also, God, I'm not leaving this church unless God tells me. I mean, it's not this, but it was almost like he's going to have to show up yeah, in, in person, person. <laughs> <laughs> and do like an angel river dancing on the duvet on. for me to actually make the decision. But I actually said to God, I need you to show me in scripture. Good. And and I I was reading my Bible and I was looking for it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, it wasn't like as if by chance. No, yeah. I was looking for it. I'm like, where's the verse? Yeah, yeah. And I read, you know, it is it is good for a man to stay where he is. I'm like, I'll take it. There we are. Now that verse had always been there, and I'd probably read it before, and someone else could read it. So you could argue, well, it's not for you. But you're reading it with, with totally. this, like so, faith aspect to it. So yeah, so the question was, how can it help us with making decisions? I think the, applying the principles mm -hmm. 
is the is the key and then you know the thing about not doing it in isolation is also key the the word the spirit and the and the and the body of Christ great like the word of god the body of Christ the people and the spirit, spirit of god gosh you get those three in a, in a combo you're going to know with conviction this is what i'm supposed to do great or you're going to go well i've checked with all three <laughs> and i still don't know but i've definitely given god the opportunity to give me a big fat red light like so okay yeah i'm gonna just go and almost like a sat nav i'm just gonna start moving in that direction That's and if the sat nav says turn, turn right, right you numpty then okay but he can't really guide me stood still mm. that that's what i was going to say and, and closing that sometimes you're going to start moving if you're unsure move of course with caution if wisdom knowing the nature of god and certain things like nah god will not want me to do this you, you know we all know what those things are because you kind of feel it in your spirit that mm, maybe i shouldn't be doing things but i think in most part i'm like if you consult if you consult uh with bible says wisdom in the multitude of counsel if you you know sort somebody out the body of christ prayed about it you know the, and read about it the word of god and just moved with like you know what i'm just gonna go for it and see what happens god god won't leave you alone he will direct you and like he said his word is a lamp unto your feet this has been great we've you know meandered all over there's been branches to this river <laughs> but it's been great it's been fantastic Thank you so much, Pastor Paul, for joining us. No problem. Looking forward to the next episode and seeing you again, hopefully. All right. Come God on. bless you. God bless you guys. See you soon.